our website. We had as many visitors this week. It filled the church four, four times over. Um, and that's just a, that's an amazing thing. Um, we was listening to uh, some tragedies that mm, took place. Um, one man uh, this week, we heard about him. Um, uh, he got his hand into a planer. And it was double feeder rollers, right? And so once it started grabbing him in there, he went to set his hand on the table to try to pull it out. But he missed the table. Now he's got both hands into the uh, the planer. Um, a man turned a... If you, uh, the Amish, they don't reuse uh, electric motors, most of them anyhow, or they'll use a generator. But So everything's driven by, a lot of times, a line shaft off a big diesel. Somebody kill switch, but you got all that momentum, right? And uh, supposedly, another man, I think there was three, what do they say, B-belts? The three V-belts. Then this man grabs him belts because he's seeing he's being pulled in, right? And he <laughs> he grabbed him belt to try to hold back and to stop that momentum. Well, what's going to happen when you grab a V-belt between two pulleys? Well, he somehow was able to hold that and it didn't suck his fingers under them pulleys, and it was stopped. <clears throat> I heard some. <laughs> I mean, if you wanna, you wanna hear some tragic stories. You get, uh, you get with uh, the Amish. It seems like they have a lot of them. But anyhow, um, some would say, "Yeah, there you are, right now. You've, you've cut all the flesh." crushed your hands and you cut all the flesh and now how are you going to make a living? Some would say at that point in time that there would be some that would have a crisis of faith. Um, uh, we heard about another gentleman a while back that um, there, the, 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 there was two sons and their father was a preacher. And their father left his wife just up and left. This was after most of his children were grown and adult. Just up and left his wife. And it shattered those those two men. It's just it shattered their faith, if you'd want to call it that, and to the point that they, I mean, they had nervous breakdowns. Grown men with a wife and children, and they just one would have to say it was a crisis of faith, because this was their father. He'd raised them to believe in God. He'd raised them to live a certain way, and then for him and his 50s, I guess it would have probably been, probably, yeah, in his 50s, abandoned it all. And there he was, his sons. Um, so we had these thoughts in our mind, and, uh, you know, I've always thought that a crisis of faith is uh, when you're confronted with certain circumstances, that are you going to continue to trust the Lord? Or are you going to not believe his word? There's a lot of times things happen, right? 
and we'll even, it'll enter our mind, is this true? If what I'm putting my hope and faith and trust in, is it true? Well, that's my definition of what a crisis of faith would be. But I thought that I would look up and see what uh, maybe somebody else more eloquent or possibly better articulate at describing something. And we, uh, we found this. It said, a crisis of faith is a painful experience in a Christian's life when he or she begins to doubt his or her beliefs, causing grief and confusion for the individual, as well as a sense of disconnection from God. It is an instance or situation in which one's confidence in or dedication to something has become seriously unstable. A person might go through a crisis of faith if they experience a series of events in their life that make them feel disconnected from God, such as job loss, the death of a loved one, chronic illness, loneliness, etc. We were thinking about how there are events in people's life that will literally shatter as it were, their whole perception of what and who God is. But we don't want to confuse a crisis of faith with an abandonment of faith, right? There is a lot of people today that say they're having a crisis of faith, and that's not, exa- that's not truly and altogether accurate. A lot of times, we don't know when we've lost, uh, 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 we think at some point that we have lost something, when we become aware that it's no longer there. But that's not the case, is it? We have a center punch. We have a a spring-loaded center punch. and um, We don't use it every day. Matter of fact, there there goes weeks without using it. But in my winter coat, I keep it in my left pocket. Well, I don't know at what point that I lost it, see? Um, But we, we was working up there in Bethany, and... I needed it, and I reached in my pocket only to discover at that moment in time that I didn't have it. So then I traced my steps. Well, I threw my coat. I threw my coat in the back of the, of the truck, and in, the, in doing that, right, with them pockets, my coat got turned up, and it's somewhere in my truck. And we looked, and we couldn't find it, but we had two, we had two punches in our pocket, one spring-loading, one wasn't. But, but anyhow, so we used what we had, right? And so I'm trying to think, where on earth? I hate that I, I lost that. That's kind of special to me. I mean, I, I tell you what, I'm sentimental. You know, you get an old tool. Uh, don't give, don't, if you offer to buy me a new one, I don't want it. I got an old one, and it's, it's been with me. And that new one might even be better, right? But that old one, it does what I need it to do. And, um, well, I've had it for 20 years. Uh, that's kind of, I don't know why I'm that way. Uh, but, you know, it, uh, 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 one, one of the gentlemen just this week, we're going to preach, but uh, uh, one of the gentlemen this week, he, he opened up my socket set. Now, I, I, I did not question, there's no doubt in my mind, I didn't think he was a thief or nothing. Uh, but I've had that socket set for years now. And um, y- you can bar my sockets, but if you're working up uh, 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 over a factory with all rolls of tin and whatnot, and you just happen to drop one of them sockets, uh, you know, there's line shafts, there's, uh, there's trenches, there's pits, 
you might you might drop that socket and never find it. Well, you know he he uh, uh, so he opened it up and I'm looking at him and I because uh, <laughs> this is just how I am and I'm uh, we're all broken and so we all got work on it and I, and I looked and I uh, and he said. Uh, he says, wow, this is a new socket set. And I said, no, it ain't. I, uh, but I take care of my tools. I, he, said, <laughs> he said, you don't have a single part missing in this socket set. And that's, I said, that's right, I, uh, because I take care of my tools. I, he says, well, how long you had it? I, uh, I, you just had it, from, I said, for years. I, uh, and, and so he was just to make, all he wanted to do I, I was to look at it. I, and, it and, and I fell aside. Of relief because it doesn't matter. If one of those are lost, I can go to Lowe's. It's a craftsman said, and I can buy a replacement, but it ain't the same. I don't know why I'm like that, but you know what? I would have turned that shop upside down to find a tool that I lost. But then shortly thereafter, Elam said on the last. Last day, he said, Daryl, you need to get, because I got to drive home through the night. I, he said, Daryl, you need to take a nap, gather your tools up. I, and I gathered all my tools up. I, and lo and behold, I, uh, there's a ratchet, uh, an extension, I, and a socket missing out of my set. I, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I, there ain't no way I'm going to bed. I, oh, and my tools, I, I ain't where they ought to be. I, uh, so we looked without being rude. I, uh, uh, we looked around uh, and we seen one of the men that we was working for uh, his son lay up uh, uh, on a bridge crane on the rail uh, and he's working and I thought alright uh, as long as I get in bed by 7 I'll be alright uh, and I worked uh, uh, he was done with it and I was relieved uh, when he gave it to me uh, I said all that to say uh, that we can't help sometimes uh, the obstacles and I know this is a silly uh, uh, an example but the things that we are confronted with they're out of our control we can't help the, the troubles that come into our life but we can determine how we're going to face them and my encouragement is to you is that in the midst of crisis that it might not be said of you that you are experiencing a crisis without faith and if you have a crisis of faith we're hopefully to be able to tell you what you need to do but one even better is that in the midst of your crisis that you might have a crisis with faith because that's even slightly different too because each and every one of us we can either believe the truth we can believe a lie. The Bible even told told us, it says, that there are those that will believe a lie and be damned. There are those that put their faith in a lie. And in the midst of their crisis, when they have a value structure, if you'd want to call it that, like we spoke about in the Sunday school lesson, that God said, Jesus Christ, I must go away but I will send you a comforter and there's a lot of people when they hear that they say that God is going to comfort me but the Bible then goes on to say and we all know that that 
comforter is the Holy Spirit. But if we read a little further, in this particular instance, God didn't call it the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, but he called it the Spirit of Truth. And it is the Spirit of Truth that will bring comfort in a world full of lies. It's the Spirit of Truth that will bring clarity to us in the midst of a crisis. All right now, there are those that find their joy and this is how at least it should be that our joy is in what God has for us. But there are some that base their happiness on what they hope to receive from God. You see, Daryl, that's the same thing. No, it ain't. Because finding your joy and what God has for you is being content and what he provides for you. But if you base your happiness on what you hope to receive from God and then you have constructed an idol and made God into something in your own image, then you're going to be somewhat disappointed and you're going to experience a crisis of faith. Because in most instances, if you want to turn there, and in most instances, uh, uh, people uh, experience these crises uh, when they struggle with uh, who they thought God was uh, and who He is. Uh, the Bible says in the 10th chapter of Psalm, uh, it says, uh, Why standest thou far off? In the first verse, uh, Why standest thou far off, O Lord? Uh, why hidest thou thyself uh, in times of trouble? Uh, uh, did you hear him? Uh, what he said here? Uh, so he finds himself in a place where he believes that God can't be reached or that God can't be seen in those particular circumstances. But does that mean God ain't there? The Bible tells us in Second Chronicles that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. What's he saying? That we are to trust the Lord. But in sometimes when we see when we don't see God working. Uh, we doubt that he is. Uh, let us look here and read a little further because this man was struggling with where is God when the wicked prosper the Bible says in the second verse the wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined for the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire and blesseth the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. Now listen, and the wicked through pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all of his thoughts. Now I didn't say God is not in any of his thoughts, but it actually says, and God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far above out of his side. As far uh, as for all his enemies, uh, 
He puffeth him at them. He hath said in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. He sitteth in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places doth he murder of the innocent. His eyes are privately yet, uh, privately set against uh, the poor. He lieth and waits secretly uh, as a lion in his den. He lieth and wait to catch the poor. He doth catch the poor when he draweth him into his net. Now listen, he croucheth and humbleth himself that the poor may fall by strong ones. He hath said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hideth his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord, O God. Lift up thine hand. Forget not of the humble. All right, now, then we're going to turn on over, if you want to, into Psalms here. And the uh, uh, we're going to read. Uh, in the uh, uh, the seventy third psalm, uh, and we're going to break in the twenty fifth. It says, uh, "Whom have I in heaven uh, but Thee? Uh, there is none upon the earth uh, that I desire beside Thee. Uh, my flesh uh, and my heart faileth, uh, but God is the strength of my heart uh, and my portion forever. Uh, for lo, they that are far from Thee shall perish. Uh, thou hast destroyed all." them that go a whoring from thee but but it is good for me to draw near to God I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works and then we're going to read Another place here in Jeremiah in the uh, in the uh, fourth chapter in the nineteenth verse and it says my bowels my bowels I am pained at my very heart my heart maketh a noise to me I cannot hold my peace because thou hast heard oh my soul the sound of the trumpet the alarm of war destruction upon the Destruction is cried, for the whole land is spoiled. Suddenly are my tents spoiled and my curtains in a moment. How long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? For my people is foolish, and they have not known me, and they are sottish children, and they have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good. Uh, they have uh, uh, no knowledge. Uh, so we find here uh, that in Jeremiah, uh, there are those that were struggling. Uh, there are those that have misunderstood uh, and perceived that prosperity uh, is God's blessing. Uh, there was those uh, that made the declaration uh, that I am God's children, uh, so therefore uh, I will not perish. Uh, but 
the generation went on. Uh, the decision was made to retain that name without retaining the conduct that went with that name. And they didn't realize it till they needed something. And they stuck their hand in their pocket only to discover that it wasn't there no more. But it wasn't in that instance, bless your heart, that they had lost it. Because in that moment, they thought they were having a crisis of faith. The faith had long left them. And they were in the midst of a crisis without faith. And the difference being deciding whether I'm going to continually trust the Lord or trying to make the decision should I begin trusting the Lord and they are slightly different no they are diametrically opposed to each other but God's children trust in him when you're having a crisis of faith you don't turn to the world you turn to Jesus when you are confused on whether what you have believed is true you don't seek the philosophy of man but you search the scripture but first and foremost you repent I'm thankful that it was demonstrated to me that when Daryl has a hardship in his life whether it's physical whether it's spiritual whether it's within the home or out Outside the home, Daryl searches his soul because God uses the events in our life to show us that we need Him, to show us that we need to reach out and see if what we think we have, we have. And when we discover, listen, there is no prayer that God will hear from a sinner except the prayer of repentance. You say, where's the, where's the book, a chapter and verse for that? The Bible is littered with scripture after scripture that sin has separated us from God. And we might be as foolish as these in Jeremiah's time to say, where is me, where is God? Why hasn't he heard? Does not he see our plight? But we are living out the consequences of our sin. And God loves us enough that we might repent of it. Oh, I want to tell you something. God has sent a comforter, but it is not so that we might comfort the sinner, but that we might declare to the world the spirit of truth that ought to abide in each and every one of us. Because I'm afraid there are so many that have thought that comfort is acceptance. That comfort is loving the sinner's sin instead of declaring to the sinner that there's been a way made in which we might escape hell, fire, and damnation. Nobody wants to talk about that anymore. Uh, uh, everybody wants to be saved, but they never want to talk about being saved from what? 
if they, uh, even if then they dare talk about uh, being saved from what? Uh, they never incorporate or include uh, the salvation that comes uh, in this present world uh, and they only look uh, to the salvation uh, that's going to come out there in a future event. Listen, uh, if you have the faith to believe uh, that God's going to save you from a devil hell, uh, then you need to put that faith in practice uh, and let him save you from yourself. Uh, let him save you from the consequences of your reckless behavior of your destructive attitudes and finally see yourself in the crisis that you're in and it's because you're all alone you haven't trusted in the Lord and you haven't repented and that my friend is the first thing we do when we find ourselves as it were in a crisis of faith and then next to that what do you do? you cry out for help well who should you cry out to well the one you repented to or you could seek this one's advice and that one's advice I'm worried and I'm troubled how some have surrounded themselves with counselors with a wicked heart they confide not in those that walk the walk and talk the talk but they confide in those uh, who are rebellious at heart uh, and they seek their counsel uh, and their counsel is wise uh, as it might be to the world uh, but listen uh, uh, the world's wisdom uh, is foolishness to God uh, and when you're when it's said and done uh, you'll be left all alone uh, you know there is somebody it was related to me uh, how, uh, as they were growing up uh, their mother uh, or their father or their brother or their sister or their aunt or their uncle said you don't need those people at that church are nothing but liars what would they hope to gain by that and it was the very church they attended so I don't know but I do know this that the truth is where you find it and if you're searching anywhere else outside of the word of God you can find it but you better be holding on to the word of truth because it'll be mingled and mixed with lies from Satan the most deceptive lie is the one closest to the truth we was looking at it not me myself but my wife was talking about a particular church and that they had rainbow flags or umbrellas. Why? Because they have failed prey to the fallacy that the comforter has come to comfort us in our sin. But the comforter is the spirit of truth and it will not dwell in a house full of lies. And you can tell a lie to the point that your children and believe it or your aunt or your uncle or your neighbor but then what do you have yes misery enjoys company but in the end if 
they succumb to your lie. They'll dwell with the liars. But I don't want you to believe a lie. If you doubt anything I say, search the scripture. So then, when we're having a crisis of faith, let's not turn to the doctrines of this world. But let us get into the word. So, for, so that we first repent if there be any sin. You say, Daryl, I've looked at my life and there ain't none. Well, the problem is that what the old psalmist was warned with in the 10th chapter of Psalms was he was, where you at, Lord? Look what the wicked are doing. But then there are those that are wicked that in their pride, they think their feet are on the path of righteousness. They, are, they humble themselves only to destroy. And in their, in their convoluted mind, they say that they are humble. Oh, we heard some somebody uh, was praying. Uh, now this is how uh, this works. Uh, they were having a crisis of faith uh, because uh, they were a loving couple uh, and they'd been married for some time and they couldn't have any children. And they were praying that the Lord would give them a child. And, I, and they were communicating to me, to me this. And I more or less said, so you want me to pray that the Lord will open up your womb and that you let God plan your family. And then they just, the dawning come on them. They didn't want God to plan their family. They just wanted a child so I could say that I'm whole, that I'm normal, that I'm healthy and that I'm able to procreate and have this one little baby. But my friend, that's not how God works. When we look and come to God and say, Lord, give me what I want, we come to a God that's not the God of the Bible. We need to come to the God of the Bible and tell and and declare to him, God, I want what you want for me. I want to have what you've provided for me. And if you'll do that, it'll change your life. But it don't stop there, does it? There's people that have raised their children in church but they ain't raised them in the ways of God and because of it other children went off out in the world instead of being broken because their pride won't allow them to as it said in the 10th chapter that they will not admit that there's anything they lack or anything they need instead of crying out to God what they have done now they have diminished who God is and they've made the declaration that now my children are not living in sin they're not wicked they're good they're confused well they don't believe like I do and they're living in open sin oh but listen oh, what, would, what would it be if God if we pray listen I'm praying for my grandchildren I don't know the workings of the Lord but I do know this that when God God's children pray. God works. And I ain't got to figure it out. I don't have to use my uh, infinitesimal, small, tiny, that's what we 
use small tiny brain to try to figure out what God can do because anytime we have to figure out what God should do we limit God but what we need to do is say Lord help me because you don't realize that when you're praying for your grandchildren and we've heard this over and over and over again that that answer prayer is not that your child comes to the Lord and so your grandchild can live in a Christian home. Oh, but it's that your child. Oh, who was it telling me just the other day uh, that they were raising their grandchildren because of their, uh, their children, uh, uh, the mother was so strung out on drugs. I think the father had died. There, I think actually, if I, if I get it right, uh, we've heard we heard so many stories, but anyhow, uh, 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 that the father had perished, uh, and uh, the the mother was so strung out on drugs. Did you hear about the woman uh, somewhere on the east coast? Uh, was it an eighteen-month-old uh, honey that was left? What was it? Sixteen, sixteen-month-old baby uh, was left uh, in a playpen, and its mother lived in an apartment complex and she left that baby in a playpen and she went to uh, Barbados, was it, uh, 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 what was it, uh, Puerto Rico? She went to Puerto Rico on a vacation. Uh, she come back, I think it was 10 days later and the baby was dead in the playpen. She called the cops and said, my child is unresponsive. Oh, well, during all the, inf- uh, uh, during, during all the investigation, there was neighbors and said, well, this ain't the first time she left the child before and we discovered that child. She said, they said all she had to do, all she had to do, if she wanted to go uh, to Puerto Rico or anywhere else, all she had to do is let us know we'd have taken care of that baby. Uh, but that baby, uh, that baby died in that playpen, uh, died of thirst, uh, what an awful death. Uh, uh, they're all alone uh, crying out for its mama. Where was God? I'm telling you, uh, if the Lord would give us eyes to see, I, I rejoice to listen. I'm not callous at all. Uh, that baby's in the presence of the Lord. Uh, it's being loved maybe for the first time. Uh, I'm telling you, when you think God is absent, uh, so many times it's because sin is in the way we can't see God not because he's afar off but because we've turned our back and we will not listen to the truth I'll tell you why that mother didn't want her neighbors to watch that kid cause she wanted what she wanted and that wasn't part of the picture and in doing so she's going to find herself being charged uh, with uh, with abandonment, uh, with murder, and if and if I was a prosecuting attorney, uh, abandonment of a dead corpse. Uh, why? I'd throw everything at her. Uh, why? Because help was right there, and she refused it. How many of us are that very way? Lord, give me what I want. Lord, give me a child. But don't you plan my marriage. Don't you plan my family. And so we hear, uh, uh, we can think of another instance in particular 
aware of sin being sin. God has provided a means in which when we have sinned that we can find forgiveness. I don't care where you're at. If you're in the midst of a crisis of faith, if you're in the midst of a crisis without faith, if you're in the midst of a crisis with faith, the only way out is to repent, cry out to the Lord, search his word, and then believe his word. And when you believe his word, you'll find strength. But sometimes it's through the sin and disobedience. It is through rebellion. It's through the believing the lies has been told to us over and over and over. Sometimes that lie is that the church is lying that the Christians at the church don't care for you well I want to tell you something you go ahead and you believe that lie and then what what shall you do tomorrow I can remember see I was a sinner I was full of hatred I had a great grandfather and I had an old saying that man ought to die I believe I'll go kill him and for some reason at a ripe early age when I heard my grandfather told me that about his father and he just said when I ask how was it that he could kill somebody how was it I could stick a hatchet in a man's head how was it that he could shoot a man in the dark and be no more concerned with whether that man was suffering out in his yard or not or just to be able to turn and go to bed not knowing if he struck his his brother-in-law and killed his brother-in-law the mother of his nieces and nephews how could he go to bed and my grandfather when you ask him questions he put his head down he said well Daryl he said, "My grandfather, your great, uh, my father, uh, your great grandfather, had an old saying: that man ought to die. I believe I'll go kill him." And that brought sorrow and anguish to my grandfather. But in my sin, it made sense to me. Oh, we're all sinners in need of a savior. But what then? Oh, there was times people had done me wrong. You might be a passive aggressive and run behind the backs of the preachers of this church and tell them you're lying. They're lying. Don't you believe that? What then? What shall your children believe then? Oh, you, I can remember. I wanted to kill a man for what his wife's company had done to my family. Oh, I searched him out one night out of 357 pistol. Oh, but aren't you glad that in our iniquity and in our sin, we don't get we don't get what we want sometimes because somebody was praying for Daryl I didn't find him that night glory to God but I never even thought about it what then if I hated a man so much that I'd shoot him in the back so he could live his life in pain like my father did you shoot him with a wide cutters in that old 
357. You shoot him in the back. Oh, it'd have blown out his belly. He'd have been holding his guts in his fingers and he would have died. And the next day, what then? What then? Listen. Well, Daryl, he'd be dead. And you wouldn't hate him no more. Oh, ain't that the lie of Satan? Oh, listen. I was just reading this week. That old John Wycliffe, he put the Bible in English. And you know what? The Roman Catholic Church, dead to him, he, after 40 some years after he died, they dug up his bones and they burned them and they threw them in the river. I'm telling you, does death, does hatred stop in death? How mad would you have to hate somebody to dig up their bones and to burn them? And so we know. Uh, that hatred does not stop in death whether we be the one doing the killing or whether we be the one that was killed. Oh, some would say it was a noble thing what my great-grandfather did. If I remember the story correctly as it was relayed to me by my, by my Aunt Goldie. Uh, they, were, uh, they were logging on, on my a great-grandfather's wife's inheritance. And her sister lived up in behind them. And, and so they were given an inheritance by their father. Uh, they were hashes. And, and so my grand, great-grandfather, uh, and uh, what was his name? I, oh, I can't think of it now. Uh, we took, what was it? I, Robert Kilgore and he was a drunkard and they were logging the place and in those days there weren't no Walmart there wasn't this store and that store but there's the general store and winter was coming and she went and she sold them logs and she took it to the general store and she told the proprietor there the owner she said these logs come off of my land off of my inheritance and she said I'm paying my bill forward don't you let my husband Robert come in here and buy whiskey that food is to feed our family through the winter well Robert Kilgore my understanding was went on a drunk and he drank up all the money that he had and he went down to the general store and he said I want some whiskey and the man says well pay me for it he says I don't need to I know what my wife had done and he said well I'm sorry I can't remember her name and it ain't important but he said she said that when you come in here that I'm not to sell you whiskey that money is to feed the family through the winter he was drunk and he was mad uh, it had already been said uh, by my great-grandfather's uh, wife uh, who had the reputation of stirring the pot. Uh, she said, have you heard what my sister's done? And old Kilgore's off on a drunk. Well, Henry Hensley, uh, he heard it, heard the baby squalling and screaming in the yard. And he thought to himself, he's up there uh, beating on his wife and kids. And he went up there to stop 
stop it. But as sometimes children scream and squall, Daddy, that's what children do. They were just up there funning around, playing and yelling and screaming in the yard. But Dad had set the trigger because when you don't have God, what will you trust in? You'll have a crisis, but it won't be a faith. It won't be with faith. It'll be a crisis without faith. And Henry Hensley sat on his porch, no doubt, and let it stew as he sat there in his chair with the old shotgun, leaned up against the wall. And sooner or later, soon enough, there was a storm blowing in, as Aunt Goldie made mention of. And it was lightning off in the distance. And sure enough, here come old Robert Kilgore down the down the road. And he said, I can't remember her name. As Willie, I think, was old Henry's wife. He says, oh, Ellie, are you in there? I know this is your doing. My wife would never do that without you meddling. And Henry said, oh, Robert, you need to sober up. And he said, listen, I'm going to my house and I'm going to beat my wife. And when I'm done, I'm going to come down here and I'm going to beat your wife. And he said, Robert, don't you enter my yard. Well, they lived, they were neighbors. And so many times, they cut right through his yard to go to his house. And in the darkness, Henry Hensley heard oh, that old gate creak open. And he leveled that shotgun. And he pulled the trigger. And old Robert Kilgore got all that shot right here in his throat. Blew his throat out. And there he lay till in the morning. Because Henry no more cared. And he set the gun down. And he went to bed. And my granddaddy, as just a little boy, the next day it rained through the night. And the next day they got up. And I reckon the sheriff was there. And he said, I come out and I seen him. He was so white. The water had washed him white and clean. And all the blood of his body had run out on that rock. I'm telling you, when you have a crisis without faith, there ain't nothing you won't do. And you'll justify it with the means of, with, only, with the means only that you have. Well, he went to prison. I think he served 16 years is what it was. But the point being is, we have, we have good intentions or we have evil intentions but if you ain't got God all your intentions will land you in hell and so I walked just this last year we took my children and we took my, my sister's children Ron went with us it's a lonesome grave and there's old Robert Kilgore he's buried there and just a stone cast away is Henry Hensley 
buried in the same cemetery and that close together. Henry took his life. Later on, old Robert's wife married Robert's brother. In my understanding, he's a drunkard too. Ain't that something? How we just make the same mistake over and over again. When in our crisis, we don't rely on faith. And I thought to myself, I wonder if Robert Kilgore would have had a problem with being buried so close to the man that blew his throat out. But the truth being is, right now, they are in hell and they could be closer than a stone cast away. The Bible tells me where the worm dieth not and the fire's not quenched, where there is gnashing of teeth, where they going to be gnashing on if you happen to be one so foolish as to reject the salvation of Jesus Christ. What are you going to be gnashing your teeth on? You're going to be gnashing your teeth on your enemy, on your loved one, on your stranger, and them you. Though they be buried a stone cast away, they're wiggling and rolling like worms in a devil's hell because they refused to believe the truth and to walk in those ways. But it don't stop there, does it? It doesn't have to be the end of the story, even though it's the end of the story for Henry and Robert Kilgore. Uh, there was a gospel preacher uh, that came and preached the gospel to a 15-year-old boy whose dad was in prison for killing his, his uncle and his mama up and left. And the Lord seen fit <laughs> sent a preacher to a bunch of uneducated mountain people couldn't read or write to preach the gospel and he <laughs> brought about the events that would cause my grandfather to walk by the doors of a church oh it was just hot enough daddy that they had to open up the doors that night because if it had been a little chilly mama the doors would have been closed that's how close sometimes we're between heaven and hell it's the decision on whether you're going to believe and quit living the lie that you've been telling yourself your entire existence oh he was too drunk that he had two of his buddies one under each arm and they was going down the counter road, uh, the porch of the church, uh, you stepped out off of it, you'd be in the road uh, and, uh, and I can remember the testimony uh, that my grandfather gave uh, a man, oh so empty <laughs> a man in a crisis without faith uh, and he walked by uh, and the lights of that church because God seen to it that it was just hot enough to open them doors and he said <laughs> oh the light shined out in that road and he said he heard the voice oh Riley you need to come in oh but he was drunk he had patches on his shoulders patches on his elbows 
Uh, no doubt. Uh, he was off bearing on a sawmill. Uh, and if it was on a Friday night, uh, you went uh, drinking uh, before you went home. Probably in his dirty old work clothes. Uh, but you know what? Uh, he come back. Uh, Mama, you said, uh, if I hadn't went to the altar tonight, I went. I may never. <laughs> I may never have ever come to the altar, but God seen fit that it was hot enough decades before you came to the altar to see to it that an uneducated, a redneck, white trash as the lot of the world would have called him. But praise the Lord. God loves working with the broken because that's what we all are. And if you, in your pride, think you're better than my granddaddy, the problem is, is you're that much farther from heaven and that much closer to hell. So proud. So we found out, oh, what would it be like if our crises we turned into not a crisis of faith, but a crisis with faith. Uh, listen, I want to tell you something. When my sister, and I, I know this is going to offend a lot of you, but that's okay, uh, because you're not going to come to the altar until you are offended enough to repent. Uh, uh, but my sister, when she left the church, uh, she, uh, uh, I thought to myself, uh, listen, uh, you know, it's getting further and further and rarer and rarer. Uh, I, I, I was saved uh, beside my bedside. But what weighed me down and smashed me to the ground was the preached word from my grandfather and my daddy but mostly my grandfather why because oh he I Oh, I just love that man. You can't explain it, can you? How you just, Mama, you you know, right? She never, never. Why would she save him the first time? He just had the look of a man that loved God. I would hope that when people looked at me, they'd see half the love of God that I seen when I looked at him. But anyhow, you know, it big crushed her world. Uh, when the woman uh, has sat here week after week uh, and played the piano, uh, she left the church. Uh, oh, but I was thinking just the other week uh, how many times uh, she was here uh, and the still small voice, uh, that brother was just hard enough uh, to speak to my grandfather uh, when the doors were open. I uh, spoke to her, uh, but she said I could not go uh, for what will people think of me uh, pride I tell you what uh, will keep you from repenting uh, but pride won't keep you out of hell uh, how many times we've been listening uh, to services uh, of about 18 years ago uh, or a little bit 
newer than that and I hear the voice of my nephew standing here how many times we know now of the sin that he was in but how many times as he stood here and he sang almost persuaded the sweet Holy Spirit spoke to him but he said I cannot go for I've got to lead singing don't let yourself write Righteousness, uh, keep you out of heaven. Uh, don't let your denomination uh, make you think you're more pious uh, than you are. Uh, what you need uh, is to turn your crisis uh, into faith. Uh, because I tell you what, it shook my world, but it was not a crisis of faith. It was not should I continue to believe, but it brought me to my knees. It was as Peter said, when he said, will you too leave? It was like, Lord, whom shall we go to? As the psalmist said, you are the only one in the heavens and there's no one besides you on the earth that I can trust and that my friend is how you find victory in the midst of a crisis so we repent we cry out for help and who do we cry out to Christ Jesus and as we cry out to him God's children will hear us right and they'll pray for us and there was a request that was made and I told the man this week, I said, I said, well, I'm setting my phone uh, because there's a time difference between where he's at and where I'm at. Uh, but I wasn't going to do this so that I could pray for his wife having surgery for the first time. Uh, but it was so that I could pray and follow up the prayers that have already been prayed uh, in the moment that the doctors are going to be uh, removing uh, the parts of her body, her kidneys, uh, but you know what? Uh, though I might pass away, for we are none promised uh, 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 a tomorrow, right? I could pass away. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I know that the God of this universe uh, is the same as He's ever been. And what He has for me and you is more than we can contain. That's why some of us go to heaven sooner than others because what the Lord has for us. Listen, Mom, I was thinking about this this week. Uh, we had some misunderstanding and uh, Elam said tap them holes up there on the beam. Uh, 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 he, said, uh, he said tap them uh, five sixteenths. Uh, and I thought okay that's what I tapped the other ones last time. I, uh, I distinctly remember that right. Uh, but we'd forgot the mag drill which is a drill press with a magnet right. And I, well, we'd forgot that. Listen I'm telling you sometimes I, uh, you know it's, uh, it, it's, it's the, the uh, the most forgetful man trying to remi- remind uh, a man that's forgetful. I, uh, it don't work out very good. I, uh, but anyhow, 
Uh, so anyway, we forgot the mag drill. Uh, so I was going to have to be up on that beam uh, or up on the scissor lift and drill all them holes. Uh, well, it's a whole lot easier uh, uh, to drill a hole for a 5 sixteenths tap uh, than it is a 3 eighths. Uh, uh, so anyhow, we had them all drilled. Uh, we're trying to get this job done in a week. Uh, and we're rushing. Uh, and he says, all right, now lay the track up there. And he gave me the bolts. Uh, but the bolts were 3 eighths. I, I said, Elam, I said, I, uh, to my, I, I said to myself, that ain't the right bolts. And I, uh, and I said, Elam, this ain't, uh, he says, what? You tapped all of them 5 sixteenths? And I said, yes, that's what I tapped the other ones. I, he said, no, you aren't because these uh, bolts come with the tracks. I said, yeah, I, 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 I vaguely remember because uh, we're always getting stuff shipped to us. Uh, uh, he gets uh, 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 stuff from two different companies. Uh, uh, Georgetown and I can't remember the other one and their customer service stinks uh, uh, we're always getting shipped uh, uh, half the parts uh, or 90% of the parts uh, and I said uh, Elam if I remember correctly I tapped them five. I, I'm, I'm remembering it now not remembering it uh, the day ago when I done it I said I think they didn't send us them 3 8 bolts and all we had were 5 16 or it was that where all we had was a 5 16 tap. I says, I can't remember. I said, but I said, unless I'm losing my mind, I tapped them 5 16 He said, no, Daryl, I gave you them bowls. And, and then I walked off and it's like, well, you know what? I know what I did. I, and you try, are trying to remember what you told me to do. Uh, but it ate at me because I had to realize, listen, Alzheimer's or, or, or old timers or uh, uh, what's the, uh, what's the uh, dementia uh, it runs in my family I, I thought well surely to goodness I wouldn't have remembered that and so it ate at me and it ate at me and it ate at me and I thought well I'm uh, we had the scissor lift in the other building uh, so I thought I'm going to go over there and I'm going to bring that all the way over to where I can look in the second story window in the other building and see if them, them, them bolts are, are, are what they are Oh, well, I brought that over there, and lo and behold, oh, the air motor free, froze up because the oiler quit working. Uh, and so, long story short, I climbed up there and I looked, and there are three eight bolts. But you know what? The tap drill size for three eights is five sixteenths. That's what I got in my head, right? I didn't tap them five sixteenths, I drilled them five sixteenths. But you know what else the problem is? There's no way I'd have drilled all of those holes for a three-eighths bolt uh, by hand, right? Pistol drilling it. And it all worked out. We had five-sixteenths bolts. But I tell you what, that's still bothering me that Daryl distinctly remembered. That's how our mind is, right? There's none of us that's perfect. And I thought about that very thing. You know, that the Lord, each and every one of us, that one day, there's going to come a day. And I don't know about you. I don't know how you imagine you're going to meet the Lord. But I genuinely believe that some die sooner than others because what God has for us, we cannot contain in this mortal body. And He's saying, this is the day. This is the day I want you to experience all that you've been living for. But the problem is, there are so many people that have faced one crisis after another without faith. 
And at best, they think, because we hear people all the time saying, I had a crisis of faith. And they had an abandonment of faith. Uh, one man in particular said, I believed, I believed the Bible. I believed what I learned in Sunday school. And then I went to college, and I heard a science teacher. And all that I'd been taught in church is a lie. Do you hear that? <laughs> Do you hear that? Uh, uh, imperfect man preached the gospel. We have the infallible Word of God, right? But me, I'm not, I, I'm not perfect. I'm fallible. I, make, I can make mistakes. But what do I do? I lean on the infallible Word of God. When troubles come, and when people say, Daryl, don't believe that lie, I search the Scripture. Uh, not only can I search the Scripture, but God, Paul said, nature itself teaches us there's a God. And so that when we weigh the Word of God, with the, the, the firmament and all that we see, it declares to, the, uh, to those that would choose to, choose to believe uh, in the ultimate truth that God exists. But so this man, in this moment, he said he had a crisis of faith. No, uh, he had a crisis without faith because he said, see that preacher been lying to me all the, all the time. And he, lo and behold, he Listen to a scientist who is fallible. And what does he appeal to? Another fallible scientist. And who they appeal to? It always goes back to Darwin. Well, is Dar Darwin infallible? No, no, he's, he's, he's not infallible. He's not perfect. He's not all-knowing. And they throw away the Word of God in one moment. Not because they had a crisis of faith. Because they had lost their faith so long ago if they ever even had it. And when in the moment that they needed it, they discovered that all that they was constructed was nothing more than Bible stories. And they ranked those Bible stories with fairy tales. Right? That's why we need to be careful. There are so many people. I heard some woman say she tells her children about, about Santa Claus so that way he'll believe in Jesus. <laughs> I said, you know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I lie to my, oh, I'm sorry if I offend anybody. I lie to my kids so they'll believe the truth. <laughs> but that's what some of you are doing. Right? But what then? And so when I, we told the story about for whatever reason, in my sin, when I heard that man ought to die, I believe I'll kill him. I've had many instances in my life, right? I can even remember when I was living far from God, I even said, which is a lot like what my great-grandfather said, if I wasn't a Christian, I'd kill him. Right? We all have our pet sins. Some are greater than others. Some, we would say, oh, well, I'm not... <laughs> I don't struggle with murdering people. <laughs> um, but I tell you, and then you'll go gossip and destroy it. What does the Bible say? There's two ways of killing somebody. Now, I, I was in sin. I've thought of hundreds of ways of killing people. But one of them's with your tongue. Right? And so, this is how you find victory in your crisis without faith. You say, what then? So I kill you 
today. What do I do on the day after? I posed that question to my nephew and my, my third son. And I said, they were talking about this person being stupid and that person being stupid. I think that's what, I think that's what they were saying. And they said, if, what would happen if you killed all the stupid people? And I said, well, Jason, only me and you'd be left. And then I'd start worrying about you. Right? That's the nature of sin. That's the nature. And then when you take other sin like pride and jealousy, jealousy has no bounds. Right? Because once I acquire, I heard a farmer once say, I don't want to have all the land in my county. I just want all the land adjoining me. <laughs> well, what does that mean? That means beyond this county, right? Unless this county is surrounded by rivers, right? <laughs> that is the nature of human beings. But what then? And so I said, you know, we, they were talking about this problem and that problem. And I don't know, they're, they're my blood, I don't know what they're struggling with. But I beat them to the chase. This, case, this took me years to come to the conclusion. I said, all right, let's just kill them all. I'll help you. I said, but what do we do tomorrow? And then Jubal said, well, if we killed them all, I would hope we would repent. <laughs> and I said, okay. Then how about repent today? My friend, it's that simple. Nobody has to die. Right? Because the problem with me wanting to kill my neighbor is not my neighbor. The problem is with me. And any other sin, you can blame, well, it was this one, it was that one, it was what I was exposed to as a child, it was this, it was that. But at the end of the day, You'll be cast into hell, not for the sins of others, but for the sins you commit. And so, let us be like that mass murderer who would hope that he would repent the next day. Well, I told Jubal, I said, oh no, not, not the next day, that'd be too soon. And that, my friend, is how the evil rule the world. But we're not of this world. The Lord can bless us to have crises with faith. And how that looks like is like when the troubles come, we start repenting before we even, right? When Job, Job heard that he lost this and then another one came and then another one came and another. Those who have a crisis with faith start repenting before they even hear the, Whole of matter of it, right? I am a undone sinner. Woe is me. God forgive me. And then we cry out to the Lord. And when we cry out to the Lord, we cry out with God's children. And then we say, what's going on? Because a lot of times these crises are things that are not so clearly addressed in the Word of God. So we search the Scripture. And then, and this is where people so many times Stop. But we go one step further and we believe the Scripture. And when we do, we can have victory. 
And these crises of faith are not crises of faith. They are a crisis with faith, not of faith. Did you see what I'm saying? And the difference being is that when hell assails, God's children get on their knees. I can remember this happening. Instrumentally in my life, I'd see somebody be a loss, it'd be the loss of a loved one. It'd be cancer. It'd be this. It'd be that. And that, what would they do? They would give more to God. I know that you're having a crisis of faith when the troubles come and you withdraw. In a lot of instances, I don't want to encourage you to think otherwise. You're not even having a crisis of faith. You're having a crisis without faith. And this is what the foolish do. The foolish thinks that I, me, my, it's my job to be a comforter. No, that's the Holy Spirit's job, and the Holy Spirit will speak truth. But what our job is, is we're going to hide the truth. We're going we're to try to tell this person uh, that they're, they're good, and that, well, you didn't mean that, and, and everything will be all right. Everything won't be all right unless we repent. And so we can tell even people, you just need to remember Remember how the Lord was for you. Remember what the Lord has done for you. And the person that is having a crisis without faith, you will carry them back to when they didn't even know God. But they were just pretenders. This is why it's not our job to comfort. Our job is to proclaim the truth and let the Holy Spirit do the comforting if there's any comfort. Let the Holy Spirit convict. It needs to be convicting. Let the Holy Spirit save if we need saving. Let the Holy Spirit strengthen us if we need strengthening. Let the Holy Spirit give us eyes to see if we're blind. But so many people think, I can fix it without me repenting, with me, without me crying out. Somebody I love dearly thought that they could sweep in and, and help somebody with their marriage. Well, you know what? Without the workings of the Holy Spirit, the broken cannot be mended. We cannot use the philosophies found in the Holy Scripture to save us. We must see us for who we are. The law was sent to us for what reason? To show us that we are undone, that we cannot please God within ourselves, that we need a Savior, and that we must be as Paul and die daily. What does that mean? What does it mean to die daily? I thought the Christian life's about joy. There is joy to be had when we dwell in the presence of God's will. Anything else will not bring us everlasting joy. Let's get some song to sing. So don't be confused that a faith crisis, don't be confused with that, with a crisis of abandoning your faith like so many people do because the response is different. Or is it? Don't we all need to repent?
Don't we all need to cry out? Have you searched the word to the point you don't need to search it anymore? Have you, have you believed all that you've read? Well, yes, but you know what? Daryl thought that he drilled a bunch of holes just three months ago. Three months ago. I clearly remember drilling a bunch of holes for a 5 sixteenths tap only to discover, no, I drilled them all 5 sixteenths and tapped them with a 3 eighths tap for a 3 eighths bolt. Well, listen, if Daryl can't remember what he did three months ago, do you think Daryl's going to remember what he read 20 years ago? That's why the book of the, the, the Bible and, and, and the 66 books are living examples to be lived in us and through us and by us. If you don't appreciate them, it's probably because You've experienced way too many crises without faith. Go ahead, Braden. working to work on our website we're going to, it looks like we're going to have over a thousand downloads this month and uh, no one's reached out to us but that doesn't bother me any because I'm not looking to create some following I'm, I'm doing my best in my broken condition to declare the truth to everyone that will listen and the beauty of it is is that God wants you to make an informed decision and he's brought you at the threshold of faith. He's brought you at the threshold of faith with the truth. Now the question is, is will you step through the door of Jesus Christ and the newness of life that the Bible speaks about? You know, I, I, just, I, I just don't, I don't understand, you know, the day and age that we're living in and that there's so many people that struggle like we heard Somebody mentioned and that uh, a science teacher. Do you remember? I, or maybe you're, you're, you're too young. I can remember that Christians are science deniers. Do you remember that? Oh, you Christians, you're just science deniers. You don't, you don't believe in evolution. You believe in a young earth. You, you don't believe that it took billions of years to... Well, I'm sorry. I don't. My, though I strive to have faith, my faith ain't big enough to believe in evolution. My faith is... Believing in God, right? But I can remember that, that they would scream, right? You'd, you'd go uh, um, support somebody that's speaking on creation. And there'd be people that'd be screaming, science deniers, you're a bunch of science deniers. You're a bunch of cavemen. You dwell in darkness. You want us to go back to the dark ages. You want us to burn our books. You want us whatever, right? Burn Burn our science books. We're not going to burn our science books, you science deniers. The Bible's not a science book. 
And on and on, and on they'd go. And you just like go, man, these guys, they're really hung up on, on science. Fast forward 20 years. And now a science teacher says, biology teacher says, well, when a baby's born, it's either born male or female. This man needs to get fired. Because that's not true. That's, that's, that's science. <laughs> we, we need to believe in what we feel like. And I feel like what I'm feeling like right now. And that's not either a boy or a girl. That's something else. And, uh, and now, what are Christians saying? I thought we were the science deniers. I, shouldn't we kind of? But they discovered in, when they were trying to run us down about science that the Bible says God created man both what? Male and female. Oh my goodness, the Bible says that? <laughs> well, that can't be true. And then they're left to defend the indefensible. And isn't it something how they've stole the rainbow? That the rainbow was a promise that God would not destroy the world with water. Right? See, God is love. You don't love me because you don't think I can live denying who I am. You hate me because you said that there's male or female and I'm something else. And don't you see the rainbow flag that I got on my arm tattooed? This is who I am. This is what I need to be. And isn't it something? The rainbow is a promise that God will never destroy the world with water, but with fire the next time. Right? It's not about God being a God of love. It's about God loved you so much that He wants to save you from the hell that was created for the devil and his angels and those foolish enough to believe in the chaos that this world's promoting. I like the fact that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't need to find out what the new trend is so I can put hashtag whatever or I like this. It's so funny on our website, and I'll try to shut up. It's so funny on our on things being posted on, on uh, Facebook, and people gives it a thumbs up. Well, I, I can look right on the, on the website and see if they even listen. You know, when somebody gives it a thumbs up in Massachusetts, and, uh, I, think, and I look, and there's no downloads from Massachusetts. It's like, what? <laughs> when somebody says, great sermon, and they're from a state that didn't download that sermon. I know, I know, what are they doing? What are they doing? And it's really quite troubling, the people that do that. You, would, you wouldn't think that they would be the ones that, they're posturing. Um, the world calls it virtue signaling, right? But look, I don't care whether you listen or not. But if you listen, it might change your life for the better. Turn it back over to Daddy. Daddy.